Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to another on ramping with me, D. So if you've uh, if you've been uh, tuned into the network long enough, you know when you hear that music by the absurdist that it's time for an on ramping. And the premise of this show is simple. I was on a bidet. I had a bidet thought, and it was if I was it was the turn of the 20th century, and I had been hearing about this automobile thing. Never saw one, though. Sitting on my porch, enjoying some milk from the icebox. All right. Maybe some corn or hominy. And then I see an automobile go across my dirt road in front of me. I'd say, what the hell was that? And I would quickly look for someone or something to tell me what that was and how it works and and how awesome it is. So then I thought, well... I'm pretty sure there's people out there that thought that about cryptocurrency. They keep hearing about this Bitcoin thing. And no one's ever actually told them what it is or what cryptocurrency is. So I'm the person that's trying to do that. So we welcome to the show Tara, an apprentice at a professional theater. Tara, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm plenty good. Looking forward to this conversation. I always like these. They're fun. Um, yes. So just a quick back story. Tara was, came into the Slack by invitation mm-hmm. of Andy. If you've been in the Slack longer than like three months, you probably know who Andy is. The guy with the bomb memes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. You don't say bomb. You say dank. Dank memes. Dank uh, memes. So Tara, welcome to the Slack and welcome to On Wrapping with D. So, thank you. You you were saying you had oh. your curiosity cap on and you're ready to go. So what's the yes. what's the first thing you, you want to know about this Bitcoin okay. cryptocurrency so, thing? Originally, Andy introduced me to you and said that we would be talking about Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what that is. 
And then I started talking to you and you said, we're going to talk about crypto. And I got confused because I thought they were different things. And so I already know now that apparently they are one and the same. Yes, they are one and the same. Yes. There are some people who would disagree, but go ahead. Crypto sounds very intimidating. Oh, that's good. I'm glad you said that because I thought it was yeah. intimidating for a while. And yeah. it used to belong to the cryptography community, uh, which is like a discipline of mathematics, cryptography. And okay. um, they're upset that we've hijacked it. And cryptos mm. is cryptocurrency. I think some... Yeah. Some nerdy gentleman probably three years ago said, instead of calling it cryptocurrency, which is like three syllables too long, let's just call it cryptos. (laughs) It'll be genius. (laughs) And we all just kind of adopted it because, I don't know, maybe we're lazy. But yes, a cryptocurrency or a crypto is just that. It is a a digital currency. Um, So Bitcoin was the first one. I see. Um. So there are more Bitcoins. They like to think that. <laughs> but <laughs> in reality, there's there's just one Bitcoin. Um, so, so this is kind of the noise that has persisted in the in the community as a whole to people that are new that come in and they're like, what is this? What is that? What's Bitcoin? What's an Ether? What's a what's a this? What's a that? So, yeah, Bitcoin was the original cryptocurrency. Um, I used to know the white paper's title verbatim, um, but it it defeats me at the top of my head, but I believe it is Bitcoin, a peer to peer, um, cash system, something along those lines and all Bitcoin peer to peer. Are you familiar with peer to peer? No. All right. So I don't know if this is the original, the origins of it, um, but peer to peer basically means person to person, and when yeah. I was, uh, when I used to have more time, I've always been a nerd. But I used to be a nerd with more time. I used to play these massive online multiplayer games, and this is the mm-hmm. way people would say: Are you playing P to P or uh, player to uh, uh, computer Compute. or something? Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So P to P means if I'm giving money to me to you it's essentially the same as me handing you a a ten dollar bill okay all right did the bank see that i handed you the ten dollar bill no will the bank Mm -hmm. ever know that i handed you a ten dollar bill no not likely but we did transfer that value peer to peer yes right in order to do that online today you can't right well you can that's where bitcoin comes in but before bitcoin you had to go through paypal uh you had to go through banks maybe mm-hmm. if my bank was good friends with your bank i could send you money and hope that it got to you in the by the end of the day mm-hmm. now it's much faster right there's cash app and there's things they're they're adapting mm-hmm. but you know, when Bitcoin was starting up, it was really tough to send money from one person to another person online without needing several intermediaries. 
So what Bitcoin okay. proposed is, yeah, we don't need those middlemen. I can actually send value from me to you without a bank and without anyone needing to verify that that took place because we're going to put it on what's called a blockchain. A what? A blockchain. Oh, okay. so, so have you heard of this phrase called the blockchain? Have you heard of this a few times? Mm-mm. What no. is a blockchain? Blockchain. It's, a, it's kind of an ominous word. Yeah. Blockchain. But, so it works like this. And this is when, like, if, if this were a movie, there would be, like, a like a fade. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe a flashback scene. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, blockchain. Where do we get this term? Let me see if I can be articulate with this. So, imagine I have a computer and you have a computer. Mm-hmm. Our computers are playing a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing a game to see which could guess a number that results in a number small. And that number uh, creates a block. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what's inside of this block? Transactions are inside of this block. Different transactions that occurred in Bitcoin okay. are inside of this block. Now, the reason we're playing this game is because if one of us wins, we get brand new Bitcoin. Right? A brand new block? We, not only do we mint a brand new block, and I'm putting mint in quotations, but we get mm-hmm. brand new, fresh, hot-baked Bitcoin. Okay. Fresh from the printer. Right? And... We're playing this game because we want more Bitcoin. But while we're playing this game, what we're actually doing is securing this chain of blocks because every 10 minutes, either you or me gets to add a new block to this chain. So how do you win? You say, how do, how do you win? Yeah. You win every 10 minutes, hopefully. Every, 10, every minutes, 10 minutes? Every 10 minutes, you get an opportunity to win a new block and win some new Bitcoin. Now... It just like presents itself? Say what now? The, the phone... It just kinda... like presents itself in like 10 minutes? Like there's uh, no strategy or anything? It's just time? Absolutely. It's just minted every 10 minutes. Okay. Right? Okay. Now, here's the awesome thing. It's not just my computer and it's your computer. It's actually... Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of computers all competing, right? I, I'm just using a really, really large number because the numbers are so large at this point, they're incalculable to humans. We're talking about exa, exa calculations, which is like millions of millions. Um, and they're all competing every 10 minutes by securing the network, guessing numbers, to win new Bitcoin. Each time they win new Bitcoin, uh, they've minted a block of transactions and they add that to the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's how new Bitcoin 
comes into circulation. So does everyone have their own chain of Bitcoin or it's just one? That's a great question. There is but one. There's only one chain. There's one (laughs) blockchain and it is the true blockchain. And how do we know it's the true blockchain? Because everyone has a copy of the exact same blockchain. And if your copy doesn't match, you have the wrong chain. So how do you get your first block? Well. How do you join the game? So, I'm glad you asked that. At this point in the game, <laughs> you don't. All right. <laughs> that mm-hmm. is yeah. that is mine. <laughs> Um, that is, if you've ever, if you've been in the space long enough, you'll hear mining, right? Uh-huh. That's what mining is. There's a whole community of miners now across the globe. Most of them are in China, but they are spread across the globe. And there they've got just warehouses full of these things called ASICs. They're basically computers made to do one thing and one thing alone. And that is mine Bitcoin. And they are doing it all day, 24-7, every 10 minutes, new Bitcoin intercirculation. So and it started online. It did. It started right. really simply. Uh, this guy named, this guy or people named Satoshi Nakamoto uh, said, hey guys, I made a thing. If you want to participate in it, run this code on your computer right started really small and that's that's Mm -hmm. literally how it started he said hey i made this electronic cash uh it can't really be shut down by governments because no one will own it and if you run this code you could secure that network and you get paid in the electronic cash now obviously that starts really small he was mining with like Mm -hmm. one other person Mm -hmm. but really quickly it really grew in what's called the cypherpunk community it was this stateless currency nobody can own it because everyone Mm -hmm. owns it Mm -hmm. right so everyone has an opportunity to secure this network um then no one owns this network and it still persists to that to an extent to this day right spread all around the globe are people mining this cryptocurrency yeah so why can't you get in on it now it's just not, it's tough, right? If I'm trying to hook up my computer to compete in that game, I'm not going to yeah. be guessing fast enough to keep up with those other computers, and I'm essentially just running up my electricity bill, right? So just oh. as, just like gold miners started with just like a, I don't know, maybe like an iron pickaxe, and they're going to town, and then somebody comes along with a stainless steel pickaxe, and they're just destroying the game, it's like, oh, well, yeah. he has better equipment. He's going to get more gold faster. I I just need to quit while I'm ahead, right? Well, I would still want to pick away if there's gold there, even if it's slower. Well, that's the beauty of the game is that yeah. the a thing called difficulty will adjust depending upon how many people are and aren't mining. But at this point, it's so tough that it's its very own industry. And it's it's very, very large. I'm talking about billions upon billions of dollars. So just like the gold mining industry, if you wanted to get in the game now, you better have a secret that nobody knows or a hell of a lot of capital. 
Hmm. So that's Bitcoin mining. We okay. went down a long journey there and I'm trying to figure yeah. out where the question started. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember either, but I have more from here. So, like, how do you, like, get out of the game, I guess? Not that you would particularly want to get out, but how do you own some of it because everyone owns some of it? Like, how does it turn into currency, I guess, really, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Where does the money come from? How so does that come from? this is where it play? gets slightly philosophical, right? Okay. Let's talk about... Um, how does it so how does it turn into currency um this is what andy was talking about in slack just earlier today when he was like don't go into the definition of money yeah and i was like we have to go into the definition of money though at some point it's unavoidable because yeah. cryptocurrency is literally trying to be money right right so money is called a store of value money has three definitions i don't know if you've ever heard them before but the first is store of value the second is medium of exchange and the third is unit of account if something doesn't have okay. those three properties it can't be considered money mm -hmm. it happens in stages right first is the store of value thing people didn't just overnight start using seashells to trade their goats it took a while. They were like, hey, man, seashells are hard to get to. We got to walk all the way to the damn beach. We got to pick out the shiny ones. We got to put them in a bag. We got to lug them back. It's a lot of value. A lot of time goes into this. We're going to say seashells have a value now, right? Okay. And one seashell, yeah. one shiny seashell is going to be equal to five dull seashells. And that's how we're just going to do this. All right. Ready? Break. Mm -hmm. At that point in time. When you've now said that one shiny seashell is worth five dull seashells, congratulations, you've made both a medium of exchange and a unit of account. And more so a medium of exchange when you say, I'm going to give you one shiny seashell, you give me one pound of cotton. Mm -hmm. Now it is a medium of exchange. Okay. Now what makes Bitcoin a currency is that there are a lot of people on the planet now who think that it has real value. Oh, huh? And right. uh, I I'm one of them. For an yeah. entire year <laughs> I paid my AT&T phone bill with Bitcoin. What? I regret that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I hear I hear it in your voice Bit now. Don't don't make it hurt me any more than it is. <laughs> Any I'm more than it does now, okay? So what you offered somebody your some of your black chains and they accepted it? Not quite. As... I, I had a little debit card that was attached to my Bitcoin account and Coinbase, and I kept enough Bitcoin in that account so that I could pay my phone bill with Bitcoin. And I did that just because I was a little bit of a zealot, and I wanted to prove uh -huh. to everyone that this Bitcoin has value. <laughs> So I would walk yeah. around and brag and say, I pay my phone bill with Bitcoin. If it's not money, then how am I paying my phone bill with it? And that makes the argument kind of moot, right? So Yeah, so you can connect it to your bank. Yes and no, right? So there are different companies that will allow you to have debit cards that code straight into your Bitcoin. Um, there are also, you can also now... 
uh, round up your purchases and the change that is the difference between how much you purchased and the whole dollar amount will mm-hmm. buy Bitcoin for you. So, oh, for instance, if yeah. You, yeah, you buy like a, it's like those apps. You buy a buck 25, it's yeah. going to take it by 75 cents worth of Bitcoin, but it's going to collect uh-huh. it to make a like $25 transaction and then it's going to buy the Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my other question. Is it the equivalent of our money? I heard that it was worth more. It's worth quite a bit more. One Bitcoin is worth $8,600. Oh, okay. Yeah. So now is where we get into another, let's dive back into why it's worth so much. Yeah. Um, so our money is inflationary, right? That means that the price of goods go up over time. Yes. Okay. And that go up is this um, arbitrary amount that is basically mandated to us by people that have probably way more power than they should um, in D.C. and other places mm-hmm. around the world saying that the price of goods is going to go up at this rate. Now, what that does to a populace on the short term is makes them really, 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 really energized to spend money, right? Mm -hmm. If my money's going to lose value over time, why do I want to hold it? I want to spend it. Uh Uh-huh. Capitalism, right? Consumerism. That's that's what's driven America and a good part of the uh, the planet for a while. The globe. I don't know. The world, we'll call it. Um, But... Bitcoin is deflationary, which means that it is built to gain value over time. The price of goods is going to drop in relation to Bitcoin because there's only ever going to be 21 million and there's already 17 million of them in existence. And that's it. 17 million Bitcoin? There's already 17 million in circulation and there's only Uh ever going to be 21. Who decided that? Satoshi Nakamoto, the guy who made it. Yeah. Is it arbitrary? Maybe. Did he think it made sense? He did. But what that does is it says that, okay, well, if we are going to use this thing as a store of value medium exchange unit of count, it forces it to have an extremely high purchasing power if there's only ever going to be 21 million people because guess what? There's, what, 7 billion people on the planet right now? Yeah. That means not yeah. even one person can own a whole Bitcoin. But he did have the foresight to say, well, what if I make one Bitcoin divisible 1 million times? Oh. Right? Okay. Okay. So that is what people also don't understand. If I want to buy 75 cents worth of Bitcoin, I can if I want to buy $75,000 worth of Bitcoin, I can't. It's divisible to the millionth decimal point. So you don't have a Bitcoin. You have fractions of a Bitcoin. Uh, I have what I have, but... <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, can you say, like... Uh, I wish not to divulge 
because we have a good friend named Ray Redacted of the network who is big on info security and operational security, and I wish not to okay. divulge that as to not become an internet target for the world. Sure. Um, yeah, like if you declare that you have so many Bitcoin, people would try to what, steal your computer or like? Uh, they try to hack my life and destroy it. Yeah. Right. And I don't have time for that. So until then, I will just be the jovial host of the Bitcoin podcast, owner of the network or co-founder of the network. And no one will ever know how much crypto I have or hold. And I will let them assume whatever they want to assume. And we will roll with that. Uh, I will say personally, though, in treating crypto as an investment, I was able to pay off a lot of college loan debt all at once. So that was fun. Okay. That's, yeah, that's immediately what I thought when you said you paid off your phone bill. Like, uh, I, I don't want to get into how much Bitcoin I've given away and spent over the years. Sure. <laughs> compared to, yeah. So, um, but yes, it. I've got, I was fortunate enough to get into Bitcoin a long time ago when the price was in the low $200 and I've, you know, it was a good call. We'll yeah. Put it that. And so, okay. um, now to that end, let's go, let's roll right into another thing. What is Bitcoin, uh, on like a bird's eye view? So it can be three things. Uh, the way I believe it is a money, it is a technology, and it also, it is also a investment. Um, uh, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of all three at the same time, which makes it, so damn hard to comprehend sometimes if i want to use it as money as i can if i go find somebody out here where i am now uh in the midwest and they happen to believe in bitcoin like i do then i can say hey can i get a piece of pizza for a fraction of bitcoin i'll be like hell yeah i'll take bitcoin Mm -hmm. that actually happens to me in my life i go to these conferences and a guy says hey i i need i want to go down to the uh I got $15 on me, but the uh, the food truck only takes cryptocurrency. Do you have any Litecoin? And I'll say, yeah, give me the $15. I'll give you some Litecoin. Right? Mm. And they go trade Litecoin for hot dogs. And that that's why, you know, Andy wouldn't want to go into the philosophy of it, but at essentially money is faith. Yeah. When we pay our rent... The both the person taking our money and us giving the money have faith that that money is going to have the same value it has the next day. Right. And that's so it. So if everybody, so if everybody like stopped playing the said game of cryptocurrency or whatever, if everyone stopped, would it immediately lose all of its value? Well, by definition, yes. Would that happen at this point? No. But what about once it reaches its twenty-one million uh, or whatever? So now we're, so now we're. I like how we're slowly but surely unraveling the genius of this invention. So there's another thing we yeah. didn't mention about this game. Along with winning new, brand new Bitcoin, what you also get is called a transaction fee for your duties performed in securing the network. You get a fee for every transaction that goes into the block. A small 
bit of Bitcoin. In fact, they call them Satoshis. It's the singular unit of a Bitcoin. The millionth uh-huh. of a Bitcoin is called a Satoshi. I think a lot of people call them sats now. You get one sat. Okay. You get not one sat. You get a pers- you get Satoshis for securing that network, right? Now, let's imagine the year is 2,103. I believe that's the year the last Bitcoin is going to come into circulation. Oh, okay. Uh, And let's pretend that there are billions of people using Bitcoin. Well, if billions of people are sending transactions and they're paying one penny a transaction, how much money is that in fees when you secure that block? It's a lot, right? Yeah. So so the genius is, is, should this monetary system become ubiquitous, Bitcoin that is, um, then there's going to be enough people using it that the fees are now going to subsidize the miners instead of just the game of trying to win new Bitcoin. I see. But if it's too late to get into the game now, then how would that become possible of everyone using it? Well, just because you're using it doesn't mean you're mining it. You could just buy it. Mining and using are two different things. Mining is... Okay people that are really like really trying to secure the network and they want to get involved in that industry of running this computation to try and win bitcoin that's that's yeah. mining right they're okay. fortunate enough i just call them fortunate enough to have gotten in early enough to where that community is is spread enough around the globe to where they're just they're they're securing the network and that's what they do now the unique thing that happens is whenever there's too many new people whenever that is saturated right the difficulty gets high and what difficulty means is that as more people are mining it's tougher to win the game so more Mm -hmm. people have to get in to help secure the network if it gets too pricey people turn their computers off (laughs) well what happens after a while after it's too pricey the difficulty drops down so what do people see that used to mine? They say, whoa, the difficulty dropped. I can mine again. So they turn their computers back on. Huh. And they start mining again and competing again. Now, maybe they don't. But maybe some people that wanted to mine the first time but couldn't because they're it was too expensive. Now yeah. the opportunities come back around for them to mine. Well, guess what? They're a brand new player in that game and they can now mine. But the me's and you's of the mm-hmm. world, we don't mine. Because I don't know about you, I don't have millions of dollars to try and play that game. Sure. Um, but I do buy it. I buy crypto every week. In the same amount every week. Rain, shine, sleet or snow. So when you buy it, mm-hmm. are you just straight exchanging your currency into cryptocurrency then? There is no my Absolutely. part, right? It's pretty much the same as a currency exchange. It's via Coinbase. Whether you're listening to this and you like it or love it, I think Coinbase is a great place to start. Every week I have recurring payments on different cryptocurrencies and that happens week in and week out. I practice something called dollar cost averaging, which rolls back into that point that I made about Bitcoin being an investment. I treat it as such. I treat it as an investment. Every once in a while I treat it as money. Um... And so you, yeah. yeah, so you put money into cryptocurrency, however often, 
so that you will potentially have enough cryptocurrency to mine? No, I never want to mine. That's why okay. maybe I shouldn't have started this conversation there, but I like to talk about mining because when I when I, when I touched on it. when I touched on faith, I have more faith in this mathematics and these computations than I do yeah. in the same people that just quite frankly don't run the world really well sometimes. Sure. <laughs> right? They they're they're not doing a bang up job right now. So I have a little mm -hmm. bit more faith in that system than I do in the system that's holding up the greenbacks on my dollar bill. Yeah. Right? The the system so, that's holding up my greenbacks, I kind of am beholden to because at the very end of the day, um, they have tanks and airplanes and guns and they do what they yeah. do. <laughs> right. This other system, this Bitcoin computation system, that's math. I trust math. It hasn't failed me yet in my 33 years. Right? Yeah. So that's what it gets into. That whole mining is just, that's not humans manipulating a system. That's just computers doing computation. Right. Got it. Okay. Now, the me's and use when we buy it to own it, that's me making a bet right now that in the future, Bitcoin is going to be worth more than it is today. Okay. It's better than okay, a Okay. Yeah. At this point, Bitcoin has been much better than any savings account I've ever had by thousands of percents. <laughs> has it gone up yet or will it only go up like once it hits its 21 million? It's been, well, when Bitcoin first started, it was worth uh, basically free. Then it went to about a tenth of a penny. Uh, when I first heard, out, heard about it, it was worth about Thirty-five dollars. Um, okay. The by the time I heard about it later that year, it was worth a thousand. And then from the time that I've really, really bought in and have treated it as a savings account for, I'd say six years, it's gone up two thousand percent, something like that. Wow. So, so is there a potential for it to go down? Is, or is that just well, like if everybody... It, boy, did it go down. So recently okay. in 2017, it got up to a high of $20,000 per Bitcoin. Uh, everyone thought this is it. We've made mm -hmm. it. We're going to change the world. Everyone's going to see Bitcoin as currency. This is yeah. it's happening. We now have the purchasing power. Yay us. We guessed what the next goal was going to be. That did not happen. Yeah. We dropped back down to earth and the the, the price crashed approximately 85%. And Bitcoin is now, now today, only worth about 8600 from the high of 20000 Yeah. So Why? You, huh? What caused that? Yeah. What caused that crash? It's a beautiful question. I would like to say a speculative bubble caused that crash. I would like to say not a lot of utility caused that crash because other than saving it, what can you do with Bitcoin at the moment? Right. There's not a lot of, I can't walk into Walmart and say, Hey, I'll take that uh, box of Cheerios, sir, for 0 0.0075 Bitcoin. They're going to say, what yeah. the f get out, dude. Like we get enough crazy ass people in here and we don't right. want your bullshit. We don't want to, we don't want it get out. But 
you know that 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 we're living in a as far as crypto enthusiasts like myself we're living in a dreamland thinking that anytime during in the next 10 20 years we're going to walk into 711 be able to just see a bitcoin price tag on an item yeah that's a tough sell okay right yeah it's a, it's a tough sell for us here in america but you take somewhere sure. like thailand where they're used to seeing thousands of numbers on a price tag it's not that tough of a sell mm-hmm. right they'll be like oh is that worth five thousand satoshi fine i'd rather pay in satoshi than five thousand baht or whatever they use in thailand sure so yeah it's in hope that everyone will believe in it then eventually you know what as crazy as it sounds tara that's the play that's what Bitcoin is. Is that's what people that think that Bitcoin is going to be the future of currency believe, is that it's a currency that no one owns. So, and it could be secured by anyone at any time. It is a third-party blockchain that everyone can have a copy of. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't we use that as a monetary system? There's more than enough units if we divide each one up by a million for everybody to commit to commerce on the system. And if we can improve upon the technology at a good enough rate, why wouldn't the world adopt it? Yes, that's the crazy bet that everyone in crypto is making. I see. Huh. And there's no way around but, yeah. that at this point. That's If anyone tells you differently, then tell them, go for it. But You're wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, so like... Yeah, in my head now, I'm comparing it to, like, Venmo more so than the game. Uh, that's yeah, a like, good way for us to compare it. Like, in fact, my girlfriend, yeah. I send, she gets pissed as hell, but I send her <laughs> my portion of bills in Bitcoin. And I say, look, yeah. you can um, you can take this Bitcoin, you can turn it into money and get your hair done or whatever. Or you can leave it as Bitcoin and see what happens in th- two, three years. Sometimes she right. takes it out. Sometimes she keeps it as Bitcoin. She doesn't understand it whatsoever. Doesn't want to try. She's like, oh, it's like Venmo. And I'm like, eh, kind of. And she's like, well, look, on my cash app, there's a Bitcoin button here. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can have Bitcoin in your cash app now. And she's like, oh, so it is money. And I'm like, well, I've been trying to say that for six years, but nobody <laughs> listens to me really. So, Because... <laughs> Yeah, because so it has potential to be more, so we don't think of it as usable. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. So, so here's where where we went with crypto and the difference between Bitcoin and what you called as Bitcoin copies or other Bitcoins. Right. So since this technology, this blockchain technology, uh, really all is all it is doing is is securing the fact that person A, me, sent money to you, Tara, person B. That's pretty Mm -hmm. much all it is designed to do is say, hey, instead of trusting a third party or a bank, we can just look at this blockchain that says I sent money to you. Now, what some extremely intelligent people said is, why is that the only thing that it can verify? What if it can verify if I sent money to you based upon some conditions? And it was like a genius moment for them. They were like, oh, my God. Well, then we can, you, you if you're in this long enough, and maybe you might dig deep, maybe you won't after this interview. I don't know. I hope I didn't. <laughs> don't scare you away from it all. 
But there's a thing called a smart contract. And essentially that is sending money to someone on the basis of a condition. Send money to this person if this condition is met or if that condition is met. Okay. Did they, that's a, yeah, that's a that game condition? changer, right? So Yeah. To, to me, that's a game changer. It's like, oh, well, we can have these automatic value transactions so that occur. Go ahead. The conditions, would, the conditions would vary depending on the specific person? Depending on the person, depending on the technology, and that's when it starts to get really big really fast. And that's why I like to just start with Bitcoin. Um, there's even more people that say, why do we have to be verifying money? We could be verifying information. Why does it have to be money, right? It, it can get really big really fast. <laughs> but that's the difference between Bitcoin and some of these other cryptocurrencies is that not only do they have a currency aspect to them, like people are using them as money, which is crazy, but they also have these neat technological, um, let's say, niches built into them when you when you transfer them so give me an example of a condition that it would read or whatever okay so let's talk about ether that's the leadest that's the leadest that's the leading altcoin right now ethereum proposes okay. that it can be a global computer if anybody hooks up to the ethereum network they have access to global computation the only thing they need to use this global computation is Ether, the money, to pay to use this computation. Right, so the long play is this. Let's take Facebook for an example. Right now, Facebook is paying astronomical amounts of money to right. both expand and secure their network of computers to keep Facebook running on a mm -hmm. millisecond by millisecond basis. Mm -hmm. Well, what if instead of just having this huge amount of central compute computation that you have to pay costs for that rotate, right? You just have a program that launches on a global computing network and you pay enough of an initial cost in this program's money, which is Ether, to run that thing infinitely on all the computers that are connected to this network. So like ether is the a money currency. Is that I'm not sure what ether is. So ether is a cryptocurrency. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it also pays for these things called smart contracts, which is essentially a computer program that runs on a distributed computer. <laughs> these computers are doing the same. So remember the computers that earlier that are securing the Bitcoin network. Well, the computers yeah. that are securing the Ethereum network aren't just securing uh -huh. it. They're also making sure that these um, low-level computer programming um, functions are met. Right? So it's it gets a little bit more complex when you add that layer to it. So not only are and they securing this value transfer to um, from one smart contract to the next... But they're mm -hmm. also doing some computation as well. Just because they can. Just because they can. Hmm. And so that makes it worth more? 
potentially to me, I think it's going to have a lot of value as well. And the only way that I wrap my head around this sometimes is I say, okay, Bitcoin is gold. Ethereum is oil. Okay. Okay. You can use Ethereum. You can use Ether to build things and do things computationally. You can't really use Bitcoin for anything other than value transfer. Sure. And it gets really complex really fast. Um, and quite frankly, Ethereum is growing at a rate so fast that it's it's really hard for me to bring it to an understandable level aside from the fact that for Bitcoin, it's sending money from A to B. With Ether, it's sending either money or information from A to B with conditions. I see. So does it, like, I guess, label the information as money worth? Like, does it have a equivalent of money to info? Well, Ether has a tradable value as well. Ether is currently worth, uh, I think, $275 per. Okay. Um, but Ether is built differently. Ether is not deflationary. Ether is inflationary. Um, where that means that there is no real cap on the amount of Ether being introduced into the system. Kind of like there's no cap on how many dollars can be printed. Mm-hmm. Right. So it... <laughs> That's just two of the... Don't get overwhelmed now. Yeah. How many? Thousands of <laughs> cryptocurrencies that currently exist. For real? I wish I weren't saying that, have, but that is true. So, so do they all have their own like apps that you could like start transferring your money to? There's that many? Yep. Now, not all of them are real, and that was another part of the crash, is that it was yeah. full of scammy, scammy stuff. Because at the very, very end of the day, right, Bitcoin and Ether are open source technologies. I can literally copy the code, change the name, change one line of code, and congratulations, I've made my brand new crypto cryptocurrency. Now, I can either work hard and make that thing real, or I can work hard and make it fake and get enough money and bounce because nobody will know who I am anyway. That happened a lot in 2017. Oh, okay. And I think the market responded by saying, yeah, that's bullshit. I don't want in this. You know what? When I got in, it was a thousand. It's 20,000 now. I'm going to go ahead and take my profit and live on a beach somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So that was a big part of the crash. I think there's going to be at least four to five more crashes in this in its entire maturity. Uh, and when I yeah. say crash, when I say crash and price things, I'm kind of leading with Bitcoin because Bitcoin is the leader in this race by by a miles when it comes to financial utility. So let's see here. I think there's going to be several what, more crashes as Bitcoin eats more value. Yeah. And what year did you say you think it'll reach full potential? I do. I don't think that I'll be young and spry enough to benefit from it at a Kardashian-like rate. <laughs> sure. But I do think that my grandchildren will be proud of me, hopefully, oh, okay. that I had foresight. Oh, I think. that's sweet. 
That's what they keep telling me. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell myself every day. <laughs> You're doing so, it for the kids. Yeah. Uh, a lot of kids. Um, but that's, that's what that is. Um, yeah. So you're going to keep on going, even if it does crash as you expect it to. I am a little bit mature of a Bitcoin enthusiast at this point. So if you've been Mm -hmm. around a little bit, you'll hear something called a hodl. I don't know if you've seen that yet. H O D L. No. Okay, good. Let me be the first to tell you it's the dumbest shit that's ever come out of this community. But somebody misspelled the word hold because you hold on to it in the hopes that it'll be worth more. And people just love Uh it. And they called it hodl. And ever since then, the whole community, if you say hodl loud enough, there will be somebody that will say hodl back to you. It's this weird chant. Weird. Very weird, right? I don't like it either. And I said, we can't just afford to hodl anymore. We've got to be wiser than that and live in the reality. So I do what's called hodl plus. And whenever there's astronomical gains like there have been this year, I make sure to take some profit out and leave a base crypto position. What do you mean base crypto position? So what I mean by that is there's a certain level of Bitcoin, Ether, all of the things that I hold that will never change. (laughs) I'll always hold that amount. Okay. Whenever that amount is worth a lot more than it was when I was averaging to it, I'm going to take sure. some out so that I can actually okay. live in the present. Right? I see. And, and have build some wealth in the present world where that mm-hmm. still very much runs on dollars and still have my cryptocurrency. Because whether we like it or not, cryptocurrency is an investment right now. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of utility to it. There's not a whole lot of decentralized applications running on Ethereum at any level that is, I mean, the only applications that are running on Ethereum, it's laughable the amount of people using them. It's laughable. It's like, I don't know, a freshman dorm's worth of people just having at some weird, obscure, decentralized application. You know, it's in its infancy, right? It's, It's very reminiscent to when email was coming out in the early 90s and people were like what the what look write me a letter bro write me a letter i don't want to electronically send you a damn thing like right it was (laughs) magic yeah if you don't send me a fax right now if you keep giving me this email address we will never do business together ever again Mm mm-hmm and so that's kind of like where cryptocurrency as a whole is right now. It's like just a bunch of nerds nerding out over something that we hope people adapt, right? Yeah. And that's it. You know, in fact, just uh, I was talking to someone I interviewed who was around in the 80s when the internet was being built. And he was like, in the 90s, I used to like get excited and overjoyed at the fact that I would see an advertisement with a website on the bottom of it Hmm. and think of how far we've come. Like now you look at TV, everything has its website at the bottom and a Twitter profile and a Facebook profile. Like it's, that's just the way of the world. Right. So maybe one day we're hoping that people have a money address and that money address is built on the Bitcoin and Ethereum protocols. And 
businesses will have their money address listed, uh, you know, on the TV. And if you want to send money for the product that they just had, then you just take a snapshot of their money address and it opens up the wallet on your phone. You push the button, you send the cryptocurrency, and there is a token that has your sensitive address and other information in it. It verifies that your phone is your phone and it sends you the cool shirt that you saw on the TV. Correct. Beautiful. So how do you stop, how would you stop someone from like breaking into your like Wi-Fi or whatever and them getting your cryptocurrency information and like taking that or like changing your password to like it is theirs now? See, I should have my co-host Corey on the show for this. He's a senior security professional. That is a question for this turn of the century world we're living in when people's security practices are, I'm just going to forget my password because I know I can recover it. Right. Um, It's tough because the way cryptocurrency works is there's this thing called a private key. And that private key is essentially your master password. And only you, the holder of the private key, can send money somewhere. If you give someone your public address, they can send money to you. But yeah. only you with the private key can you send money out of your yeah. address. And your private key is something that you should hold sacred. Uh, there's a lot of common practices in the space now with things called uh, seed phrases. Like when you spark up a wallet, you'll have 24 words that you have to write down somewhere and you have to know which sequence you wrote them down in because that is your private key. Yeah. Right. And so there's lots of things right now that just are really, really hard for the general public to do that get in the way of adoption. Yeah. Like I would be scared. Yeah. About somebody hacking my information. Yep. And in fact, I have, I have a pretty good friend who I on-ramped about four years ago. He's I think he's happy with his holdings and whatnot. But about every year, he has to chime in with me as his like IT because this space is very daunting. He's like, all right, so I forgot all my shit, and I'm trying to recover my passphrase. I, I, think, yeah. I, I think this is my passphrase, and I'm like, dude, if you lost that passphrase you are going to be upset with me and yourself for a very long time. So remember when I told you to store it somewhere safe and write it down multiple times and store that somewhere safe? Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, there was this very old phrase two years ago, three years ago that we used to say with crypto, you can be your own bank. But I was saying at the time, nobody wants to be their own damn bank. Like, do you know how tough tough that is? So, that's part of the growing pains. We're trying to figure out how we can change human behavior to adopt this new technology. Because if you lose that private key, your money is gone. Right? Yeah. And if you're not safe with that private key, your money is gone. The latest things that's happening to crypto people is we're getting what's called SIM swap hacked. Where the less fortunate of... For- sim swap it's a crazy thing but essentially someone can call your cell phone provider and fake being you and get them to change your phone number to a phone that they have by changing the sim card and so when they do that they then 
launch all the password recovery to your email box. But guess what? People's that, password recovery. They now have. Yeah. 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 People's Holy password. Shit. Yeah. And so it's a crazy world out there. Like, <laughs> if anything, us crypto enthusiasts are braving it for everyone. So you don't have to do it by the time it gets made easy and secure. Uh, <laughs> so. Sorry, I'm plugging my lappy toppy here. Um, okay. So yeah, a little scary, but you know that, and you're okay with that. I know that I'm okay with that. I know how to secure myself in that. Um, you know, there's I'm gonna be okay. But the thing is, mm -hmm. is a lot of people haven't been okay, and that's what the the community is trying to address. It's like, okay, we've got this cool technology. We're changing this. We're evolving humanity. Yeah, we're going straight digital money. Oh, wait. Everyone's getting hacked and no one feels secure. No one's going to take yeah. faith in this system. Right. You know, so that's another thing. I hope, I hope this isn't too daunting of an on-ramping. Uh, but no. these are the facts. I Yeah, I understand it now. Hopefully. I, yeah, I wasn't sure... I didn't know that you could actually put money into it at first. I thought it was just something you did online and then all of a sudden you had a bunch of money. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's great. It's you put fun. your money in the magic box and it sends you money back. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have gold. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's some things that I've said here that people need to understand that this is a faith-based bet on the future of the way things will play out in the world. Point blank period. There's no way around that. Well, that's what you hope. Yeah, I mean, well, money is based on faith. Yeah. In my I think that is a that's a strong opinion, but I don't Yeah. You know, we see money's flop all the time. Ask Kenyans if yeah. they have faith in their Kenyan Kenyan version of a dollar and they will right. say, "Look, I would rather be paid an ant shit than a Kenyan dollar bill. <laughs> then bat guano. Yeah. <laughs> then, you know, go to Venezuela and ask them if they like the, the what is it, the Bolivar? Say, hey, man, I'll, if you give me that Snickers bar, I'll give you a Bolivar. They might shoot you. They might Jesus. say, how dare you? What if you offer them a Bitcoin? I'm pretty or sure I would get Bitcoin. shot on site because the government isn't too fond of Bitcoin right now. Yikes. But what it boils down to yeah. is that, yeah, maybe the dollar is awesome for a lot of people, but the dollar is not awesome for a lot of people. But this other thing, yeah. Bitcoin, is awesome for whoever thinks it's awesome. Yeah. So, like, it's, so that everyone, obviously, who is involved in Bitcoin is an advocate for it. So are Pretty they, much. are you and like everybody else involved just like constantly trying to get everyone involved? Uh, I used to be that way when I was younger, more spry. Now I just kind of focus yeah. on putting out good content surrounding this space because believe me, there is a lot in six years worth of podcasting we did not talk about in this hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, but, I'm sure. Um, uh, at one point, yes, annoyingly so. 
I think my brother said mm-hmm. we're getting concerned that all you ever talk about is Bitcoin. And I said, okay, then I guess I have a problem. Um, you know, there's, there is for some people that are really, really nerdy, it's just kind of a natural fit that you get really absorbed in Bitcoin because it's just this mm-hmm. really cool futuristic thing that, you know, yeah. that when it really hit you home, for me, say what now? You feel like ahead of the game. You're on top of it. You know, before other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was telling my brother six years ago that Bank of America and JP, Moore, all these banks would be dealing in cryptocurrency. And he was like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. And now he's like, dude, I really, oh, should have, I really, really should have listened to you. <laughs> I was like, I tried to tell you, man, I don't make a 15 slide PowerPoint present to my fucking family for shits and giggles. <laughs> Like that's some extreme shit. I made a PowerPoint slide and I hooked my laptop up to the TV and I hijacked a Thanksgiving dinner to say, listen, everyone in my family, this is some serious shit. And I started showing them mining charts and difficulty charts. And I built a mining rig and I was like, look, this is going down. Okay. This is going to change the planet. (laughs) And they didn't listen to me. My mother, who loves me, loves me to death, bought two Bitcoin as a, I'm sorry that I raised a crazy child, but I still love your face. So mm-hmm. she bought it out of pity. And now she's like, I love that. I bought those two Bitcoin. I can't wait. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> sure. So, That's great. So. Yeah. Um. But so what was the first one that you joined? The first one that I joined? Yeah. Was it Bitcoin? Um, yeah. The first one that the Bitcoin to me is, is the best. And yeah. it's the one that I subscribe to the most. I guess not necessarily monetarily, but I am really, really subscribed to its ideals. And I always will be. I'm not putting those on people anymore. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, not out here trying to convert people to the Bitcoin cause. I know that that's not really a controllable thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that I, for one, think it's a better system. So I put value into it. And that's where I hold my value. Sure. So. Um, and that's that. Um, yeah. So basic things, if you are going to start holding it, maybe start with Coinbase or Gemini. Those are two places to start in the U.S. where you can, quite frankly, start investing in this thing. Um, Coinbase has this really cool thing where every time they list a new cryptocurrency, you can take a short 15, 25 minute class and they give you free amounts of that cryptocurrency. And the class is designed to teach you what that currency actually is used for. Because don't get. Oh, that's cool. It is pretty cool. They're trying really hard to get people yeah. to understand more about this, which I thought is neat. You know, there's lots of cryptocurrencies. I think Coinbase has 15 or 20 listed now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's 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 growing. It's growing rapidly. It's changing rapidly. Um. Yeah. Do you expect like more um, things to come out of like more? Um, I companies or whatever, or would they be fake at this point? Um, 
see, I'm a guy with big visions. Maybe some of them come true. Um, some of them don't. Like I thought Tom Brady mm-hmm. would have retired four years ago, but fuck me, right? Um, <laughs> Never. Yeah. Um, I think in 75 years, the entire financial system as we know it today will be rebuilt on top of cryptocurrencies. Oh, okay. Because there's a lot happening. Uh, we've got uh, Elon Musk, who's shrouding the planet in satellites, which is some very evil geniusy type shit. Uh, we mm-hmm. have AI that can act like humans on the internet, which is some oh, crazy yeah. shit. We have yeah. cars driving themselves, trucks driving themselves, um, excavation plots being excavated by themselves. <laughs> um, we've got machines that can pay machines to do work now, but no one's really talking about that because it's so fucking scary that we just want to keep it out of our frame of existence. Uh there's a lot happening in humanity to where the money is going to be able to need to move faster and smarter and dollar bills ain't going to get it done. Sorry to let everybody know that maybe I'm crazy, but dollar dollar bills aren't going to get it done. So, you know, I just kind of have these stupid, bigger, grander visions that I kind of am beholden to. And that just is what it is. Yeah. So so now I'm envisioning like us, paying robots to do work in cryptocurrency exactly i witnessed a robot pay a robot to drive in mexico i was like oh my god holy shit (laughs) i when i saw that i was like okay well the future is now and i'm really secure now when i say drive (laughs) a robot paid a robot it was a one rc car paid another rc car to follow some directions and it drove around on a stage and that was the whole presentation. But I was like, wow. that Oh, my God. Yeah. Robots are going to have economies with each other that the only thing we can ever do is monitor because they're going to be doing whatever the fuck they want to do. So Whatever they want. That's so scary. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crazy. And then I saw an article last year that was like, oh, Facebook's AI made its own language and was talking to itself and we couldn't figure out what it was saying, so we had to turn it off. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're uh, we're rapidly approaching some scary shit. So Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, might as well bet on Bitcoin. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I know my savings Shit. account gives me a whopping 0.3% return every year. So you know what I do with yeah. that 37 cents? I go down to the mall and buy myself a real nice piece of bubble gum. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather put my money into Bitcoin. Sorry. Yeah. Dang. So. Anyways, this has been a really nice on-ramping full of really dogmatic <laughs> talk for me. I stray away from going into the technical stuff because I have other shows. I hope you go listen to that. Do that. Um, (laughs) So um, for everyone, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Tara, I hope I answered your questions to a point to where you feel like you understand cryptocurrency a little more now than you did before. I do. Thank you. I, I can wrap my head around it. There's things I feel like I would like to dive into get more information now that I have a base. Well, you know the perfect Good. place to do it. The Bitcoin Podcast Slack. Uh, I, I sure do. I hope it's not too intimidating. 
the network slack no. can, there's a lot going on in there <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's it's it, turned into this it's turned into this beast we can't control anymore i think Corey's today said yeah guys i can't hang out in here anymore there's too much going on i've got <laughs> so <laughs> i gotta go yeah, I like so. it. Yeah, every once in a while, somebody will like add a song, though. So that's nice. It's it is what it is. It's its own. It's got a mind yeah. of its own now. But um, absolutely. Tara, thank you for taking your time out this evening to hang out and yes. learn a little bit more yes. about crypto than you did before. Uh, can you thank you for having. Yes. Can you say play the outro? Play the outro. Thank you.